Welcome to the Home with Robin podcast. She is an entrepreneur, author, speaker, and mommy. She wants to invite you to hear untold stories of truth, resilience, and the journey of creating a home, healing, and happiness. Our guests will share the power of resilience, perseverance, and manifestation. This is a chance to share our own unique definitions of home. And now, join Robin Wilson as she welcomes today's guest. Hear a new life story. And now, welcome to Home with Robin. I am thrilled to welcome my mom. Thank you for having me, dear. <laughs> so I've got a few questions and we're going to go to a commercial break and then we're going to come back uh, after the commercial break and ask some more personal questions. I'd like to know what is your favorite moment when you think about being a mom? Well, my my favorite moment was basically when you were handed to me with your innocent little closed eyes and I just kissed you all over. Um, but then before you came, my favorite moment was the fact that my husband and I were so much uh, in tune with each other that he was supportive and I was benefited by uh, having him with me um, on a continuing basis to give me support and my mother who was there to school me in basically on how to uh, be the best mom I could be. So my influences at that time uh, to, I guess, adjust to my favorite moment of having my own baby uh, were my husband and my mom. I have one more that I'd like to mention, please. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, it just makes me so fulfilled because my mother-in-law was so much older and more established. And she gave me um, the time of day, basically, every day on how to bring a beautiful child into the world. She says, no matter what happens, think happy thoughts. And she always put me in a place where I could be comfortable and relaxed. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I remember... I called her grandmother um, and then your mom, I called her granny. And I just remember so much love from my grandparents and, you know, on both sides. And it was just lovely to have the, um, they, they obviously respected your parenting decisions, especially after they learned how allergic I was. So <laughs> let's, let's talk about how old are you when you met dad? 17. And you and dad were married. Dad passed last year. And you were married how many years? 52 years. Wow. Well, you know, um, y'all are my heroes. You know that. And Okay, thank you. <laughs> so what was it like to have a sickly child? And, you know, so many people wanted you to go to the regular doctor, but you chose the hippie doctor. Well, you call him a hippie doctor, but to I guess in today's world, they would say holistic, but uh, back then, uh, it was just uh, people always thought that, well, if they didn't do the regular medicine and medicine and all of the artificially produced, um, it, that it wasn't the best thing. But he was one who believed in having natural things into the body, with fruits and vegetables and uh, things that were created to make you healthy. Well, am I am I right? You told me once that he said you can raise a strong child or a child on strong medicine. 
and the fact that he didn't believe too much in medicine. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. We got fresh fruits and vegetables on a regular basis. Uh, we made sure that, well, he was always talking about being clean, uh, which I believed in. My parents had always uh, said cleanliness next to godliness. So our house uh, had to, sometimes it was, um, and my husband thought I was being over the top, but I cleaned it all the way from the ceiling all the way down to the floor. So, and Lyra, you became a cleaning machine. So doctor, this <laughs> doctor, I remember he told you that walls were the biggest surface in a house. So clean the walls. So this was before microfiber cleaning costs. And so mm -hmm. how did you clean the, you vacuum the walls sometimes, right? With that little attachment. I did, but most of the time I had <laughs> a damp cloth with me everywhere I went. Wow. And it was well. And, and you did that in hotels. When we stayed in hotels, you would make the <laughs> hotels clean. I remember that. You'd be like, wait in the lobby. And then we'd come upstairs and the hotel room smelled like the house because it was so clean. That's amazing. Well, you changed my diet. You changed the home decor. What were some of the things that you did for the home decor? You know, carpet came back then. With and shag carpet. Shag carpet. <laughs> Honey, we got rid of that shag carpet. And I think uh, I didn't buy you anything that was really fluffy, with, like clothes. It would always be a plain cotton. Right. Uh, it was just a, a simple little uh, dress, pull on, talk about the onesies. They were always the little onesies that your grand, grandma, grand, grandmother, all the time, she made you these little onesies okay. out of her leftover clothes. And Interesting. you always had that. Interesting. Well, tell me, you know, my diet. Yes. I remember um, breastfeeding my daughter and doing so for probably 14, 15 months. And part of it was because I had the luxury of working at home and, and she now has broken the cycle, I think, of having allergies. Back then, they didn't know as much. Um, what type of diet did I have? Minus dairy. This just says zero dairy. Right. No dairy. So you were, uh, all, we were always fruits and vegetables and making sure that you had um, and if I did have dairy, it was goat's milk, right? You correct. Okay. There you go. Because you goat's go. milk is the most similar milk to human milk, from what I understand. That's what the that's what the doctor said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I remember us driving out to the country. You like that because we could put the windows down sometimes, but in the city, when we were in the city, we didn't put the windows down uh, in the house or anywhere else because you were too allergic to the, the everything. It was just you were born allergic to dust, grass, um, anything that you could eat, basically. So you <laughs> I had a very bland diet. <laughs> I should have been in a bubble, right? It should have uh, been like a, a little rolling bubble around. Well, you know, we, when we went out to the country, um, there were these farm stands. I remember... Yes. What were those, what was that organic, or was it, what was your reason to go out to the country to get our vegetables? Basically because it was farm-raised, it was natural, uh, no chemicals were added to anything. It was just the natural, we could get the oranges and apples and 
they just cherries and you love the cherries except for the fact that we always have to get the pits out because you had a tendency to want to <laughs> So you're so funny. I remember just being the picky, like, ooh, what's that? Yeah. Um, and we went, I know there were melons and cantaloupes. Oh, and so Austin was the best place for me to be almost because within five, 10 miles, you could go out to Johnson City, the hill country, and you could get they called it the honor boxes, right? So they had they had the fruit by the side of the road mm -hmm. and you just put money in the box and then you, you could drive it. off with your fresh fruit and vegetables. Correct. So it was truly farm to table. It was. Grandpapa uh, lived uh, uh, right around the corner, so to speak, and uh, we could go over to his. Uh, That's right. He garden. had a he had a garden. Correct. And and grandmother liked to do preserves, she right? She did everything. Right. She would blanch the greens and everything. So and, and she had a peach tree, I think, in the yes, backyard. Yes. Oh my goodness. Peach tree right to the side. The fig tree was right in the backyard. So I was, I was one of those kids who, when we look yeah. back, I was truly blessed to have a family that gardened, to be near farms. Yes. So we were literally eating farm-to-table vegetables every day and fruit every day. Every day. And so the hippie doctor. <laughs> was all about he was holistic all about doctor. holistic okay. lifestyle a holistic lifestyle before it became the trend that we see today now am i right that back in the 70s we had relatives who smoked mm -hmm. and who when you, when they came over you said take shoes off mm -hmm. how was that received because i was a young mother and they thought i was being too protective and that i would but that, that they changed their mind once they realized after you began to get uh, better, uh, they realized that the smoking was not good because the advertisements on TV changed. Well, that is true. So you were ahead of your time as well as the doctor. Yes. And now let's talk about when you realized that I was allergic to things like down or feathers. Um, what happened? Um, at that time, the pillows mostly were filled with down then because in the area you had down pillows uh, or down covered blankets uh, so but since you were allergic to a lot of things we had to change it to an alternative right and so it was a polyester, polyester or or even grandmother made a homemade pillow right absolutely now this is the one thing that we're, <laughs> we were blessed with also because she was a seamstress she was a seamstress and she made everything your onesies were cotton <laughs> so i was like a fashionista oh yes and she was using things. she was using scrap materials from uh -huh. the wealthy clients that she used to work for so i was wearing like the best of the best, best right? Of the best every day. My little dresses and everything were homemade. That is so yeah. funny. Well, let's talk about the 70s when I was a little kid. So to everyone out there, I just dated myself and don't get your calculators out, okay? But yes, um, I was a child of the 70s. Um, the other kids were drinking Tang and a Hawaiian Punch and I had to drink orange juice and grape juice and other juices. How did I feel about that? You realized then that that orange fruit juice was not the same as the tang. 
So you didn't like it at first. I didn't like being different. That's correct. And then am I right? I got sick. And okay. then all of a sudden it was like, Get well, puffy face. Just... I, I had an anaphylactic reaction. Mm -hmm. And was that at school? Tell us about what happened when I was in second grade. Okay. Um, one of the older teachers. Oh, um, the teacher from the Clean Plate Club. Oh, yes. They <laughs> had to make sure they ate all of their food and ate what was on the plate that was given to them and not ask for anything different. She didn't believe I was allergic to grilled cheese sandwiches, right? And the, the dairy mullet <laughs> when uh, the, the, we had to call the ambulance know <laughs> that we needed to get her to the hospital right away because she needed to, uh, she was reacting right to the dairy. I remember my eyes I, I, first of all, I remember the moment when I took the bite because she made me. She said, "This woman said, this teacher said, um, you're being a finicky eater. You're spoiled, and you better eat that sandwich." And I said, "You better get ready to call my mother. You're smart. You're being a smart aleck." And I said, "Okay." Who took one bite of that sandwich within? seconds, minutes, it was like I couldn't even see. My eyes were swollen shut. And you started having breathing problems. I couldn't and then breathe. they realized that, oh boy, we have not done You're going to kill your second grader. We have not, <laughs> not followed those details. That for us. Oh man, that was a scary moment. And, and if I'm not mistaken, I remember going to the hospital yes. and falling out of the bed because the railing, someone forgot to put the railing up. I'd never slept in a hospital bed before by myself and I fell but you jokingly said all the nurses came running but I was so like woozy with the medication I didn't even feel hurt no you didn't feel anything I bounced <laughs> that's not funny okay everybody you know we are reminiscing and probably scaring parents but I'll tell you if your child ever does go to the hospital make sure you pull up the railing because your child might fall and Luckily, I didn't hit my head, or maybe I did. Hmm. Well, you know what? We're going to come back, right? We have to take a segment break for our sponsors. Stay tuned to Home with Robin after this commercial break. And we're back after our sponsor message with my first guest on our podcast, my mom. Again, thank you for having me. Oh, it's so exciting. You know, um, Dad talked about stories of being in the cotton field. His father was a sharecropper. And tell me what you remember Dad telling you about cotton, about hard life, and how they, as a family, were able to transition. Uh, they, as he's, Robin has just so very elegantly said, uh, lived a simple life. And uh, because uh, as I told you earlier, they had a garden. Um, she could sew. She was um, everybody was uh, you know pitched in. So they were working help. class people and sharecroppers. And absolutely. And then what happened that allowed them to move to Austin? Okay, uh, when when the when my uh, father-in-law uh, retired from the railroad. Uh, he was ex-military, of course, and then, of course, the sons followed in his footsteps. Um, his family 
uh, believed in um, country first to make sure that everything else and everyone else was safe. And so that brought them to uh, Austin, gave them the financial uh, backing, if you will, to dress their uh, family with a nice place to live. So the older boys, my dad's older brothers, went away to World War II and the Korean mm -hmm. War, and then they actually bought out their shares mm -hmm. and paid, all pitched in to buy a house in Austin. Is that what I remember? Oh my goodness. And then, you know, dad said he actually at seven years old, if I'm not mistaken, or was it nine years old, somewhere in there, you'll tell me more. Um, he had to pick cotton. So it was almost like he is still a baby, but he was conscripted into a sharecropper's life. What did he tell you about that time frame? There were so, so many stories that right now I know I couldn't go into all of them. One of my, uh, stories that uh, really helped me to understand what he had to do uh, was at an early age, uh, the, the parents then uh, created jobs by going to cotton fields. And the, when they, what cotton they picked, whether it was 10 pounds, 25, 50 pounds, uh, it helped to buy school supplies, school clothing, um, so you're saying dad at seven or nine years old mm -hmm. had to pick a 25 mm -hmm. pound bag of cotton. How many, you know, think uh, about how lightweight cotton is. And he is seven to nine years old. That's like slavery. Well, at the same time, remember, it is just amazing that he was motivated because he was going to get all of his clothing. He could buy you know what? There's no motivation with being a slave. <laughs> you tell me. He was he was made to pick some cotton so that they could eat. Let's go there. Oh my God. Okay, we gotta change the subject before okay. I become before I become a modern child saying that was horrifying. A seven that'd be like my daughter right now going out and picking twenty five pound bag of cotton. And cotton doesn't weigh anything. People need to remember this didn't happen a long, long time ago. And and we as a community also need to remember that that our elders had a tougher life than we did. It is um it is so heroic. Now you grew up in the country too, but closer to Houston. Yes. And you weren't in a cotton field. I know your family was a lot better off because y'all were entrepreneurs and um owned some businesses and some rental properties and things like that. So how was your life different in the way that, like, what motivated you to come to Austin or or even to um, pass along that entrepreneurial spirit to me? Because my father uh, had a business, uh, excuse me, several businesses, janitorial service as well as a custodial service. And he also, in the uh, process, because... He had a garden as well. He opened a store. And in that store, we there were items that were just natural. Um, because we had, I was raised on a farm. It was a, a chicken, ducks, 
the uh, but you, you left out the pig. Oh, okay, because I remember the pigs, pigs um, and pigs, the cows and the horses. Correct. So, so you know, I remember working in that general store as a young girl. That was one of my first jobs, and I was able to work behind the cash register. Yes. And there were some people in that community who were very, very poor. Yes. And Granddaddy would let them. I w- I would say let them have. He would do a barter system. That's so the correct. the poor folks could come in and get the milk and the cheese and the eggs and the meat, but then they may have had to help mow the yard or help help wrangle the cows or something. So I remember that give back to the community mindset right. that it was it's a holistic community, not just your house. Yes. It's an ecosystem. And and the other thing I do remember is um and I, I think great granddaddy. So mm-hmm. your grandfather. Correct. So great granddaddy loved jazz. He had a Victrola. Am I right? <laughs> that big old horn thing in the corner. Yes, where you raised blue. Yes, the with the for the records. records. He yeah. actually played records, and he played jazz yeah. and blues and Ma Rainey, and uh, and. Wait, let's get the names right. Ma Rainey, Mom's Mabley, mm-hmm. Bessie Smith, John Coltrane, or was it John Coltrane? And he was just a musical music person. person. He, loved music. he loved music. And then you play the piano by ear, right? And you've taught my daughter how to play the piano. It's pretty amazing. We enjoy each other's company around the piano. My, t- you know, the other day, um, your granddaughter, my daughter, <laughs> was playing Tchaikovsky and Handel and Beethoven. And I was like, wait, is that a recording? And I came around the corner, and there she was in the corner playing her little music. And and she's like, Grammy taught me. (laughs) So, okay, so let's, let's go to this. You came from a family that was entrepreneurial, that was about helping the community. Dad comes from a family that was dirt poor, that in a, in a Horatio Alger story, the generations helped the other generations get out of sharecropping and move and empower themselves to move from the country to the city. But yet the mindset of farm to table, organic, um, upcycling, being sustainable, that's all part of my DNA. And I'm beginning to realize it's been part of my life. And grandmother was a housekeeper. So I remember in the book, um, our number one best-selling book, Clean Design Wellness for Your Lifestyle, I dedicated a page to her because she had all these like amazing, simple things like toothpaste can clean crayon off the wall. Mm -hmm. I wonder if I was one of those crayon kids. Oh, you love crayons all of the time. And I guess I must have done it on the wall once or twice. I was able to clean the wall. With them toothpaste. Not a a toxic chemical, but toothpaste. Wow. Well, my birthday. I want to be respectful and good to everyone. And she's really smart, isn't she? That little girl knows everything. I'm (laughs) teaching you, Grammy. (laughs) That is so funny. Now, You've always guided me toward positive. And is resilience more important or is positive more important? Resilience and positive go together. They complement each other. It's justice, whether you realize it or not, to carry on 
regardless of your circumstance. You can remember things, but you can also have the ability to set aside those memories if they are creating a distraction. So in other words, let the moment be the lesson. Yes. But don't let it define you. Absolutely. You've always been my biggest cheerleader. (laughs) (laughs) I I remember trying to uh, uh, be on the track team. And one time my legs were like, they're not moving. And then all of a sudden I see this person running alongside (laughs) on on the bleachers faster than me. And it's my mother. I'm like, what? So, of course, I had to keep on running, but that was very funny. I'll I will never forget right that. That's, that's, not, that's not my mother, right? A compliment. You know I'm giving my mom a little hug right oh, now. You, Y'all can't see it. Y'all can't see it. But I'll take a picture of us sitting together on the couch. And, and as you know, when you do these podcasts, you show images later when you. We have to take a segment break for our sponsors. Stay tuned to Home with Robin after this commercial break. My birthday is in two days. Today's my daughter's 10th birthday. How is it different to be a mom versus a grandmother? Oh, just a loving, relaxing, happy moment because uh, the minutes that go by every day teaches me that Robin is has followed in the footsteps of um, us mothers and grandmothers before her. Um, my mother taught me, um, my mother-in-law is invaluable in my life as well. And I've learned so many, many big things. And my granddaughter is now being able to, uh, be in that zone where she's able to mimic some of the things that her mother has been taught. Right. So you've always guided me toward positive, but there's also something called resilience that you've also like said, this is the most important thing. What's most important, positivity or resilience? I think positiveness complements your resilience. Why? Because if you didn't have the positive to move forward, you wouldn't have the ability to continue to resign yourself, to know that you're flexible, to know that you can change, to know that there will be something down the line that will improve your circumstance. And you've always been that way. And um, I'm happy that all of your encounters have allowed you to challenge yourself to move forward. Fantastic. So you've always been my big biggest cheerleader um, and support. And the last decade or almost or almost decade has been very challenging for many, many reasons. And yet there's a continued focus on success and goal setting. How does this moment feel as you watch us go global? We are the first black global brand with our newly uh, rebranded clean design home brand. We're working with hospitality. The military has picked us up. We're in the UK and Japan in a few weeks, Macy's permanently and other, and many of their stores as well as Belk and, and other retailers have interest. And we're just making history. How does this moment feel as my mom? (laughs) It is just amazing. It's beyond amazing in a sense. My wildest dreams. I just think of it in terms of everything that has happened down through the years have been fulfilled in my 
gut to know that you could do it. So everything is possible. Everything is possible. It's but everything is possible because you maintain that I am going to go with the wind. I am going to ride this way because I know I can make it through it. So when you took me to Sunday school back in the day, yes, and what was that song? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And you sang that all the time. It wasn't just about church. It wasn't just a church song. It was about the potential that you have to be better and to chase a dream. Yes, and you can open yourself to continuing down one path or you can change the path and make it better or you can continue down that path and then create your own little dream world but you always made sure that it was better dressed before you came there after you left it so i think what you're saying is one of the mottos you always had was leave something better than it was when you got there. So when we went to someone's home as a guest, Mm -hmm. we made the bed when we left, or we at least took the linens off and put them somewhere nice so that they wouldn't come into a messy room. Mm -hmm. Or you even said, I think one of your philosophies that I recall the most was, behave always as if someone were watching. That's correct. And clean up after yourself because you never know. Right. When you might have to use that same thing again. Right. And so it was always about sustainability. It was upcycling. It was being do unto others the golden rule mm-hmm. as you'd have them do unto you. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you never told me that some people don't abide by that philosophy. So, well, we could talk about that on another podcast, right? Correct. <laughs> so one of the things that I also want to talk about is... You know, when I was in college, I remember I had a professor who said, to live a great life, you need to know that you have a bucket list. And he said, make a hundred things that you hope you can do before you're gone, before you kick the bucket. So I made my list of a hundred things. And I think, you know, I told you I've done about 89 of those things. Two of those on that list I don't care to do. I don't want to skydive and I don't want to bungee jump. But you, (laughs) you may not have made the bucket list, but you did some things in the last 15, 20 years that still make me go, what? So I think, was it helicopters or planes? Uh, Tell me, tell tell everybody what you did. Helicopters and planes and... uh, all of those things that she's talking about, bungee jumping. And uh, I enjoy all of the challenges of knowing that I can do it still. And I do know that some people just don't have the same comfort zone that I have. So you took helicopter flying lessons. Is that right? Uh, uh, not too many lessons. Not too many lessons. Did y'all hear that? My mother. Okay. Well, anyway. So the next question I'm going to do a, I'm going to ask you. What defines home? Home is surrounding yourself uh, with things that you love and also people. Most importantly, understanding that all of those things that you have will go away. But the people, if you have them, you're blessed. And I have been so, so blessed um, 
my home is where they are. Yep. I've surrounded myself with their happiness, their thoughts, and their sadness as well. But I know how to keep it in context. So if you had to say one thing to your younger self, mm. what would you say? Be yourself. And what would you tell me? Be yourself always. And what would you tell your granddaughter? Forever be yourself. That is brilliant, folks. Now, you know, we have to uh, do a commercial break and we're going to be right back. And I'm going to ask my guests if they want their question from the kitchen or from the library. We'll be right back after this message. Next up, our home with Robin guest will decide if they want a final question from the kitchen or the library. All right, we are back. So where do you want your question from? The kitchen or the library? The library. The library. So as you know, this is our inaugural podcast for Home with Robin. And when someone asks for a question from a certain room, it means I am going to ask them something they don't expect. So here's your question. Who is your favorite author and why? Well, number one, it's uh, Gone with the Wind. That's my favorite uh, book. That was the first big book that I did get. It's written by Margaret Mitchell. Um, and that's one of the ones that kept me challenged because I love to think about soaring and flying and being high in a way and gone with the wind i thought was a book about that and when but I it wasn't it, it was not you thought it was about something about pilots and kites and things like that and then all of a sudden you learned it was about the civil war absolutely or now was the movie made at that time with uh scarlett o'hara and and the i don't know i think you would have been a teenager so you probably read the book yes and then the movie comes out and you're like that was not about kites and flying absolutely <laughs> it was about the antebellum south absolutely and this is the part that <laughs> helped me to realize that the things in life you can look at the book cover but what's inside the book you always have to open that book to find out now that is a big chunk of wisdom folks you can judge something by its cover oh, yeah. and then if you don't take the time to read it or mm -hmm. understand it you might only know the surface mm -hmm. mom these are some powerful powerful tips and tools and information i hope others are inspired as i am i am just blessed to have her in my life on this podcast home with robin stay tuned for our next episode and thank you for being our wonderful guest today you're very welcome as this home with robin segment comes to an end thank you to our guest and our host robin wilson subscribe now tune into the next episode and thank you to our sponsors 